In mid-October, the New York Civil Liberties Union reached a settlement with state officials over its implementation of a 2014 case which found that New York has a constitutional responsibility to provide lawyers to poor criminal defendants, a responsibility that the civil rights organization charged the Hochul administration with failing to meet last December, which led to this latest settlement. To discuss the ramifications of the settlement, as well as a broader conversation about indigent legal defense services, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by J.P. Perry, a staff attorney with the New York Civil Liberties Union. Welcome back to the show, J.P. Thanks for having me. So what was supposed to happen as the result of the Harrell Herring settlement back in 2014, which stemmed from a lawsuit alleging the state was not adequately funding defense services for New Yorkers uh, who couldn't afford a criminal attorney? So when the state agreed to enter a settlement agreement as a result of the initial Harrell Herring case, the state really agreed to sweeping reforms to public defense in the five Pearl Herring counties, but that was also subsequently extended to the rest of the state, statewide in subsequent legislation that was passed. And you know what the settlement agreement did is it looked at sort of all of the issues that were leading to poor New Yorkers not receiving the high quality public defense that the constitution requires them to receive. And you know essentially laid out a roadmap of how the state and the counties who were defendants in the lawsuit could come into you know compliance with their constitutional obligations and you know the the sort of like key provisions of the settlement were essentially that you know counsel had to be present at first arraignment attorneys could not have high caseloads such they couldn't they did not have time to adequately rep- represent the individuals they were representing and they had to really be able to provide a high quality of legal representation, have the resources they needed to do that, and also needed to have the qualifications necessary to defend, you know, more complex cases like felonies. So that's really what the settlement required. The reason that we had to file the enforcement action is because the state fell out of compliance with a couple of key provisions of that agreement, most importantly, the caseload standards provisions. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, in December of last year, you charged the state with failing to live up uh, to the settlement agreements from 2014. What about the state actions in the ensuing years when it comes to funding were inadequate for the public defense system in New York? What really you know, got us to the point where we needed to file the case that we filed, the enforcement action last year, was that for decades, the state has not raised the assigned counsel provider statutory reimbursement rates. So they were very, very low. And what was happening is that there are two types of you know entities that can provide mandated representation or that do in New York. Some are institutional providers. Those are your sort of like public defense offices, legal aids, organizations like that, where the whole purpose is providing public defense And then there are also assigned counsel attorneys that, you know, are typically private attorneys that do other types of law practice, but will take on some mandated representation when necessary. So the public defense institutional providers were doing fine. They were in compliance. However, the ACP panels and the ACP providers in the five counties we just saw a really significant pattern of the, you know, the ACP attorneys having really high caseloads and some cases not being qualified to defend the most serious cases like violent felonies, for example. 
and just generally being, you know, overburdened, overstressed. And what we were hearing throughout all the five counties was that the reason for this is because they just could not get attorneys to take on these cases because they were leaving the panels because the reimbursement rates were so low. So basically the rate issue is what led to the non-compliance with the settlement because it created really high high caseloads for these attorneys, which is one of the key things that's prohibited under the agreement. Well, then let's fast forward to the latest settlement. What has the state uh, agreed to do in, in response to uh, your concerns uh, that you just raised? Essentially what the settlement does is we negotiate a six-month extension of the initial settlement order in this case. And the way that we got there The state agreed earlier this summer to raise the statutory reimbursement rates for ACP attorneys statewide. So, you know, when it did that, we started to kind of hear anecdotally panel numbers were coming up in the five counties. We we haven't heard that, you know, been able to see concrete data that caseloads have come down, but started to hear that caseloads were getting better, panel numbers were improving. And, you know, the problem is that we won't really know if that's the case or not, if the compliance issues have been resolved or not until we review, you know, hard data. And it just takes time for us to to receive that, to collect that data, for us to receive that data, for us to review it, and for us to be able to assess that the state has come back into compliance, especially with the caseload issues that we're at, you know, at the sort of core of our loss of our enforcement action. Having the six-month extension of the settlement is going to be able to give us the assurances that we need that compliance issues have been fully resolved. And why did you choose a settlement as opposed to maybe pursuing the legal recourse to its potential end, say with maybe a judgment from a jury or a judge? It's a great question. I mean, I think that, you know, because this is a settlement enforcement action, and it's a little bit different than like your typical legal case. We have a really strong settlement in this case, in the initial Hurl Herring case. And, you know, we really felt like we could achieve what we needed to achieve in this enforcement action if we were just able to extend all the provisions and requirements under the initial settlement order by another six months. And so, you know, we feel confident that's going to give us the time that we need to be able to, you know, do our diligence and make sure that the state has come back into compliance. And if the state is not in compliance, you know, we, the settlement uh, agreement has various mechanisms by which we can, you know, sort of address those issues as they come up. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. Uh, We're speaking with J.P. Perry, a staff attorney with the New York Civil Liberties Union, and you're listening to the Capitol Press Room. The state budget this year, uh, the one adopted back in May, included some funding for uh, attorneys that ultimately would represent low-income New Yorkers in the criminal justice system. Does that budget document indicate anything to you about the state's efforts to comply with the 2014 settlement? I mean, I think to us, you know, we felt like the relief that we were seeking in this case was that, you know, attorneys had to get paid a livable wage to be able to come back to the panels, which is what was going to solve the compliance issues for our clients who are, you know, that that we represent a class of, you know, individuals, you know, who are low income and, and need legal representation. So, you know, we really felt like the budget, you know, the increase was essentially the solution we were seeking. Well, yeah, the other element of that is the state isn't necessarily looking to pick up the entire 
cost of the increase that it okayed in the budget with money needing to come from the county's pockets as well. In terms of the settlement and compliance with that, are you agnostic about who's paying for these attorneys? Or because the state has the constitutional obligation, do you want to see the state picking up the full price tag there? I definitely wouldn't say we're agnostic. I think you really cannot understate how important state funding is for public defense. Managed public defense does not work without state funding. It's really simple. I mean, you know, you can look at this across the country. And this is what was happening, you know, in New York State before we filed the Hurl Herring settlement. The counties had to pay for things. They couldn't afford it. Um, and, you know, the people that suffer are our clients. It's it's low income people that are facing um, really serious criminal charges that can have a real impact on somebody's life, you know, for their entire life. Um, and so, you know, the state has a constitu- constitutional obligation to provide mandated public defense to poor people that can't afford it. And um, the way that the state can do that is by funding it. Um, you know, so I think it's just really imperative that that continues to happen, you know, now, you know, over the next six months, but also beyond, you know, whenever our settlement expires, the state has to continue to provide that funding if they want to meet their constitutional obligations. Well, then moving forward, in addition to reviewing data that indicates whether attorneys are being offered at the scope that you want and in the capacity that you want, will you also be looking, say, to the governor's budget proposal in January to see what type of commitment they're looking to make into the future? Yes. The, you know, the settlement agreement, especially with respect to caseload compliance, metrics requires the state to adequately fund caseload compliance for the five counties. So, you know, certainly the the budget when it comes out in January will be will be very relevant um, for us to, you know, be able to assess whether that adequate funding has been provided. Well finally, why is this something that New Yorkers should care about? Putting aside what the Constitution requires the state to do, why should listeners feel like this is an important issue? All of us should care about people receiving public defense if they need it. You know, we don't want to be living like I don't want to be living in in a state, you know, or, you know, like working within a criminal legal system where people are, you know, facing jail time, you know, or are sort of like sitting in jail, like, you know, because they can't afford bail um, and, you know, or who, you know, are eventually charged and convicted of crimes that they shouldn't have been charged and convicted with. You know, I think it's just really in the public's interest to ensure that, you know, when people are faced, are charged with crimes, they have, you know, attorneys that can defend them um, because the criminal legal system isn't always fair. And, you know, and it's it's not fair to, you know, force people to navigate such a complex system like that alone. You know, they really need lawyers and public defenders that are able to sort of help advocate for them. We also have, you know, a huge issue with incarceration in this state. And one of the best things for New Yorkers is to sort of like decrease the number of people who are incarcerated to provide, you know, services to people, you know, who need them. It's very much in the public's interest to like care really deeply about, about public defense. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with J.P. Perry, a staff attorney with the New York Civil Liberties Union. J.P., thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, David. Appreciate you.
And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.